friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a jam session. Anyone who's followed the podcast long enough knows that for these episodes, we roll some dice at random and create a world whole cloth. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's less or more. We're going to figure it out as we roll some dice. Courtney and Daniel, so glad to have you on. How y'all doing today? Slowly strangling my clients to death. <laughs> Luckily, none of your clients listen to the podcast. Perfect. And if they do, I'm going to strangle you to death. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to cut that. But uh, if you want to become one of Daniel's clients, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com and submit a prompt and your information. Or if you just want to, you know, like submit a world building prompt and have us build your world, the website's good for that too. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at, at Let's World Build. Uh, you can also come join our Discord, hang out with us and chat with us directly. Or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. Uh, link for the Discord and the Patreon in the description of the show notes. So... We're going to roll some dice today and build a world. Now, first things first, we've got to establish a genre of the world that we're building in, and that's going to be weird fantasy. And the theme that we're going to be focusing on within this weird fantasy world is going to be mystery. Ooh, okay. Mm. And the first thing that we're going to be focusing on within this world is going to be A relic. So we've got a fantasy, a weird fantasy world focused on mystery, focusing on a relic. Who wants to start us off? I mean, before, right before we started uh, recording this, we were talking about cults. So I feel like that's a, always a fun direction to go in. Ooh. That's true. We were talking yeah. about Madame Blavatsky and Alistair yeah. Crowley. So mm -hmm. I feel like they're kind of in the realm of, well, they can be in the realm of weird fantasy. So yeah, let's Absolutely. do that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we got an artifact and a mystery. Could be a like relic. An, an a relic, relic, technically. Okay. Yeah, relics are um, like holy pieces of saints and stuff mm. like that. So uh, yeah. we could, if we want to do weird mystery, we could have it be like a, a bone or a particular piece from like some kind of alien entity or some kind. Ooh, yes, I guess that's a good question. Is are we going weird, traditional, old weird, kind of like? elder forces from beyond or do we want to go new weird which is like less external you know what i'm uh, much like alistair crowley i'm willing to stay open um so <laughs> let's uh let's let's kind of start with weird as a as a base and then yeah. i'm sure that we'll find a direction that we can move mm -hmm. in one yeah maybe we can make it new weird as we or new weird as we go yeah i think that's a good idea mm -hmm. um, so i like the idea of it being a body part of something yeah. from the past. So. Yeah. Could it be like an eyeball? Um, I'm down with an eyeball. Uh, can, I would like to throw in the caveat that this thing does not look like a traditional eyeball yeah. at all in any mm -hmm. way. And Could so it be when, like an incarnation of the of a mystical like third sight from this being? Uh, like a third eye kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. That'd oh, cool. like it's a it's a manifestation of the third eye. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, really yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I imagine that it's like 
to to believers that's like the thing that keeps them going it's like that's the third eye i can yeah. achieve that you know that mm-hmm. type of thing it's aspirational but Ooh, of so course they want to have one yeah, well we we have to we have to maintain the idea that there's mystery involved with this world though so uh the theme's going to be mystery uh how do we kind of incorporate that there's a million ways i mean we're already dealing with cults so mm-hmm. there's already a level of mysteriousness and secrecy that has to be involved I mean, it could be that they don't truly know what the eye came from. Like mm-hmm. they, they sort of made mm-hmm. something up. They think it's some sort of like benevolent God, but is it? Oh, mm. what if like it's closed, right? And when the right person comes before it, it will open. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then, and then of course, much of the story is trying to find someone, you know, like some messianic figure <gasps> or something. That's like what that. the cult wants. They want to find the one who can open the eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we can call this something like the order of the closed eye or something like that. You know, something mm-hmm. really kind of basic, and, I guess. But like what Courtney <laughs> said about not knowing what it, the eye belongs to, but that would be like maybe yeah. there's like a bunch of contradictory mythologies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, speaking of what Courtney was talking about, I, I want to I would like to inject a little bit of um, I, I want to remove some of the morality behind their thinking, because when we're talking about like esoteric cults and stuff like that, in my mind, I like to think that to this cult, there's no such thing as divinity or rather there's no such thing as good and evil necessarily. So they don't see this as a benevolent God, but rather they're just, this is a relic of some being that exists mm. on a higher plane of existence and it is jealous and kind and it is spiteful and it it is you know it's everything all in one it's a matter mm-hmm. of how it manifests and whatnot so maybe Which, they they would kind of worship it more for like its power or its knowledge rather than a, a sense of good and evil well like we were saying we can also just be like it can be like proof of the strange of mm-hmm. the spiritual you know like maybe this world is fairly mundane otherwise and this thing existing is enough where it's like, oh, we're going to blow the whole thing wide open. But then again, now we're kind of moving away from the fantasy aspect. So I'm not sure how much I like that idea. Well, I wonder where, what sort of fantasy world is this set in? Is this like a medieval fantasy, a steampunk fantasy, an urban fantasy? Because mm. mm. that would determine a lot of how they operate as a, as a group. Because I can imagine, so like if you're going to subtract religion from their cults, then if it were an urban fantasy, you could insert something like objectivism or philosophy, mm-hmm. right? That's That suggests a way of thinking. But if it's a medieval fantasy, you won't have those kind of more modern philosophies to work with. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is like, this is the alternate path. There's, there's good, it, you know, like the cult would be something like, the gods will tell you that there's good and evil. We're here to tell you that there's something more that there's something beyond the gods and here's the proof, here's the eye. And it's this like relic of something that maybe we can even go a step further and have it be immune to the type of magic that is prevalent within the world. And so this existence of a third or or other type of magic is like blasphemous to good and evil in some Mm -hmm. way. It's like the cult of the third path almost. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. That would Much jive cooler with a, name, by the way. Just <laughs> <I do like laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. well, and and that would jive with a lot of ways, at least in 
a lot of different fantasy worlds, they have divisions of types of magic. They've got like a materialist sort of sorcery, mm -hmm. divine mm -hmm. magic, and then usually a psychic magic that comes from within. This is kind of reeks of the idea that if there's a divine magic out there that comes from benevolent deities, this power maybe is more grounded in, in the individual. I mean, even though it seems to come from this extraplanetary being, maybe this extraplanetary being is something that is in an ideal state according to their philosophy. Mm. Mm. I like the idea of this actually taking place in like a, a sort of stereotypical medieval fantasy world as like a a way to kind of shift that a bit. Mm. Um, I think that could be fun to work with, like having the typical like chain lightning and and that sort of spell casting. But then there's also this like weird third eye thing going mm -hmm. on. And I, I mean, I would like to try and figure out what that looks like and why it looks and feels so strange to the people mm -hmm. around it. Like, why are people okay tossing around fireballs and lightning bolts? But when this thing is around, it's like there's this ominous sense of, oh, no, you know, like, mm -hmm. and it's not even necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, this is different. This is strange, you know? It could be the nullification of those other fantastical things. Like you said, it could be immune. So like, could it be that the fact, let's say, in the, just as an example, if this realm is very high magic, there's a lot of magical stuff going on with sorcerers, perhaps from their divine beings, but the possessor of the eye or the cult members are completely immune to it. And so like those lightning bolts and fire bolts just dissipate. And that's just, that's what's miraculous to them. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but see, see the, in my mind, right? Like, Stuff like anti-magic shell or anti-magic what have you already kind of exists in a lot of fantasy settings. So I'd like to take it from like that. That to me is a fantasy setting. I'd like to try and make it like weird fantasy if possible. And like I'd like to really try and explore whether it be new or old, what that might mean and what that might look like in a traditional fantasy setting. And the more that I think about it, the more that we're kind of talking about this, I like this idea that like Courtney said, this is a traditional medieval fantasy world. And it's like, it's like cookie cutter down to a T until this thing shows up and it starts to not necessarily literally warp reality, but it starts to change things. It's like, uh, it's like a seed that like from, from which all of all this other types of magic kind of spring. So you're wondering what are the actual, what's, how is it manifest? Not just how it manifests, but how we can make it truly strange, you know, like that's one thing I'd mm -hmm. really like to explore. And maybe. Well, so I guess to answer that question, not in this setting, but in others, so we can see how that works. So like in mm -hmm. the old weird, what was truly strange about it was it's it divorced the concept of morality entirely from humanity. So like in the reason why Cthulhu is frightening, at least in, in H.P. Lovecraft, is because it ascribes to this acosmic point of view, which is right. that your moralities don't matter because this thing is beyond those concepts. Like it's not right. interested in humanity. It's so mm -hmm. alien to us. So then the question is, what is the opposite of, of the norm in this setting? I think, I think I have an idea based on what you're saying, right? I like the idea that this, because it's an eye, what it does is show the reality of the farce that is this fantasy world. Okay. So mm -hmm. to, to those who are living in the world, things are morally black and white. Things are like, this is the good God. This is the evil God. And then this eye shows up and reveals the truth, which is 
they're both the same God or neither God. They are in uh, fact just extremely powerful beings that are feeding off of you in mm -hmm. this kind of parasitic way. And so what this eye does is shatter reality just by revealing what reality truly is in this world. I like that because it's tied to the the symbol of it being an eye. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it also has to do with them. It links up thematically, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think there's so many stories that you can tell in a world that is starting to shift. And like, I, I imagine that the most interesting point of this story is slightly after the truth has been revealed and has been like, un it is undeniable, right? But there are still vestiges of the old civilizations that refuse to believe the truth that has been revealed to them. So they're clinging on to these parasitic relationships because one, they provided power and two, they truly cannot believe what the truth is. I mean, there's ways you can make that like a literal thing taking from the metaphor of it, you know, like instead of negating powers from these gods, it could subvert them. So say mm -hmm. I threw a fireball at you or I don't know, cast some kind of normal spell it has some other effect because it reveals the truth of what that spell means. Mm -hmm. So like maybe the fireball, you know, typically can connote like a rage and destruction. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps the casting of that spell gets subverted and is manifested in some other way because mm -hmm. of the truth being revealed. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because in my concept, like the eye doesn't actually do anything to the magic of the world, except expose it for what it is. And in my, like, when you say that it like shows what magic does, I like that a lot. Like, I think that there's something yeah, to be shown where it's like, it shows the consequences of what it means to toss around a fireball right. where mm -hmm. it's like, when you use this spell, you're causing some like alcoholic to beat his spouse, you know, like that type mm -hmm. of thing. Because That's what I mean, like some weird yeah. effect that reveals what it means, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's not warping anything. It's just revealing it to be like, mm -hmm. this is how magic has worked. And it's fucked up and awful, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, those cult members could in some, I mean, in one take of them, they could be in a way sort of martyrs. Like you burn someone to death with a fireball or some powerful spell. Like maybe then it reveals the truth of what you are to have done that. And so that person becomes corrupted and starts to see the truth in some way and becomes a cult member themselves. I don't know how mm. you could play that out, but that's like one potential effect, you know? Like committing that act makes them kind of see their true mm -hmm. path in a way yeah like maybe mm -hmm. because they've had an exposure to the cult or to the some kind of interaction with the cult mm -hmm. you know it reveals what they actually are and they slowly degenerate into a cult member themselves seeing the truth mm -hmm. or ascend mm -hmm. depending on your respect perspective i guess well I, I think that one of the themes that i'd really like to play with as well is um you know the the truth being horrifying like the 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 reality being too much for people to handle so if you're an archmage right and you've been casting spells and doing all of this, all of these, like you've been doing your entire life. You've been learning to wield magic for your entire life. And then you're told that every time you do so, you're essentially costing someone something that you don't see. It's, it's kind of like the, um, there's like the red, like the, the box problem. It's that thought experiment where would you press, you know, a button that would kill one person in the world at random for X amount of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That to me, like we can take that and just expand it to that's how magic works in this world, you know, like, mm -hmm. but not to such an extreme, but like, that's the equivalent. 
Yeah, I can picture a scene of like this archmage going and confronting one of the cultists who's perched himself somewhere near the society. And the cultist himself is just like some rag ridden nobody at the top of a hill. Mm -hmm. And the archmage intends to totally destroy him. But the encounter with him is what causes this crack in his understanding of his own reality. Yes. And maybe he does destroy him, but the consequences leak out as the truth is revealed from encountering this cultist. Or, or he just comes to understand and accept what has happened. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you see the kind of degradation of who they are as a person. Right. Um, yeah, like maybe things are revealed to him now slowly. Like his his eye opens or this cultist opens. Yeah. When he destroys this cultist, the eye opens upon him. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that from a writing perspective, what I would really like about something like this setting is that it doesn't necessarily have to be about the action I love stories that are like the most riveting, thrilling thing is just a serious conversation that happens in Mm -hmm. it. You know, like uh, we were talking about Paul Thomas Anderson movies earlier and There Will Be Blood is one of my favorite movies. And it's because of those intense, like philosophical questions and and conversations that they have with one, with like the people have with one another. And it's like, we could have the weird, like the weird fantasy equivalent of that in this setting, you know? Mm -hmm. And another thing too, to um, kind of bring it back into the mystery category is like, what if, like, is this actually the truth that they're seeing? Or is it just another, like, illusion of reality that's now being mm-hmm. imposed upon them through this relic? The eye might actually not have any powers. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> it could be just some weird, like, alien thing that messes mm-hmm. with their perception of reality further. Or, that's... like, maybe there are no gods, but this thing isn't a god either. And so they're just mm-hmm. revealing what is the case for themselves because there's a false prophet from the cult, mm-hmm. you know? And, and right. now we're talking, now we're dealing with themes of faith because realistically that's what that, you know, like the clash of faith really comes down to here, you know, is the doubt, whether it be the cultist or, you know, someone of a quote unquote true religion or true faith, you know, like the doubts are where things start to creep in and start mm-hmm. to, things get interesting basically. Well, I think we've got a good established setting. And so now we get to do the thing that potentially messes everything up or makes everything really interesting by rolling the twist. So let's see what that looks like. Oh, (laughs) on second thought, make it a happy ending. So it's the opposite of weird fiction. God damn it. I, I know, but, but that's how the twist list works, Daniel. So now we've got to figure out how we make all of this a happy ending. Well, I would also wonder, this happy ending can be interpreted from the perspective of the genre though, right? Daniel, don't you, don't you, don't you do this. Don't you, don't you, from my perspective, the Jedi are evil, this shit. Well, I don't mean that, but it's like, I feel like happy ending in fiction means a satisfying narrative conclusion. Right, not everyone dances off into fairy fields. We have played tabletop role playing games together for years. Uh How are you not a rules lawyer? Like, (laughs) how did this not come out? I actually like to get rid of as many rules as I can. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm willing to hear you out. What what Uh what are you thinking for something like this? 
Well, so I, I don't have an answer to that yet, but I'm thinking like, okay, like if if we we always with these principles try to observe all the things on the table, right? We don't want to toss one out because some other like so for example, if I said there are kittens in this realm and your tenant was there are no kittens, we'd have to fight a middle ground, right? Mm-hmm. So what this is telling me is we have one end weird fiction which typically doesn't have happy endings. And then we have a mandate to make a happy ending. So what's the middle ground is my question. Well, just because it's not typical doesn't mean that it can't be done. I'd like to point that out first and foremost. Uh, Second of all, you more than anyone else, Daniel, understand the exception to the rule of tropes and genre. So I I would like to argue that we can still have all the trappings of new weird and weird fantasy well, also keeping it within the realm of a happy ending, you know? Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see if we can do that. <laughs> why, why do I feel like you're puffing out your chest right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just am skeptical because, like, if um, the happiest, quote-unquote, in the traditional sense of happy ending I could imagine is, like, the investigator doesn't die at the end, but he's driven to madness. Like, that would be mm. pretty good for a Cthulhu story. <laughs> Sure. Well, um, well, this is new weird. This is not necessarily Cthulhu, mm-hmm. but so, so I hear you. But I think that that's that. There lies the fun, and there lies the challenge. I think that we can do something that is interesting and still adhering to new fantasy or, or new weird and weird fantasy. Courtney, what do you think about that? No, I agree. I think there's a way to sort of inject some some happiness in, um, and of course, there's always the trope of like the power of love conquers all sort oh, of yeah. thing. Oh, and that I, I definitely don't want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna also veto that shit real hard. Fine, fine. <laughs> so actually, I I have an I have a potential idea, right? So why, Daniel? If what if we made the ending okay, but give it a happy ending, just not for the main character. How does that sound? Yeah, I mean, like, if if maybe there's a sense of progress can be a happy ending. Yes. You know, like, it, yeah. Yeah, it could even be, like, a sacrifice that makes the world a better place mm-hmm. in some way. That's so that's like, kind of my thinking, is yeah. that this is greater good levels of yeah. thinking here. Because yeah. if this cult is already thinking beyond morality of good and evil, it's probably already thinking, well, they're not going to get this, and we're probably going to be misjudged. So I'm not living for my current generation or my peers. I'm living for the generations that are to come. Well, if we're looking to move things forward, um, I mean, in the big broad scale, like we were saying before, Courtney, like a happy ending could be realizing there is no grounded truth. Like it might seem horrifying, right? And that's mm-hmm. the point of it. But mm-hmm. to know that the gods don't have ultimate power and neither does the I. Like mm-hmm. you could have an ending where the character gets to the um, eye and finds out that it's hollow and it was man-made or something, mm-hmm. you know, like that would be a revelation yeah. sort of. Yeah. Alternatively, we could follow the archmage that we had kind of made previously where he's the biggest advocate for continuing to use magic. And we follow him in sort of a, a fall or, or, or more like a transformation where he has this kind of Siddhartha like awakening where he understands that his life is born out of other people's suffering. And so his acceptance of that and his rejection of the status quo means his death, but it can also mean that because he was such an advocate for the previous way of life, this actually moves things in a pretty significant way. Yeah. He kind of gives himself over to the cult. Maybe the third eye opens upon him in him. You see at the end, you know, Hmm. 
Yeah. But, but again, death at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. like, or you could even have it go full circle. Like he's taken in by the cult accepting this and they remove his third eye and that it's, that's mm-hmm. actually where it starts, you know? Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. yeah. okay. Yeah. So my, my idea was kind of similar where maybe in the earlier, like the early to middle part of the story, he destroys that third eye. Mm-hmm. And then when he dies inside of his body is like a new third It's the eye. new one. Yeah. Like yes. maybe when yeah. in the beginning, when he confronts like the cultist, that's what he went there to do is break it, you know? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. There we go. That's I think that's, that's a satisfying narrative ending. And yes. it's still yeah. a happy to an extent. You it's know? happy yeah. To, yeah. to people somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, to the reader, it gives an, an uh, understanding mm-hmm. of what the cycle is, yes. sort of, yes, you yes, know, yes. without saying, oh, and we can all go home now and, and have right. some cake. Yeah. yeah. Go home and make love to your heterosexual wives, everyone. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the proclamation. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's I, I think that wraps up that one. I think we're ready to move mm-hmm. on to a second jam. How about y'all? Sounds good. All right, cool. Yeah. So rolling some dice again. We're going to see what the, the genre is this time. So the first role I got was urban fantasy. The theme within urban fantasy will be invasion. And oh. the thing that we're focusing on is a hero. Like, I feel like yeah. I don't have too much experience with urban fantasy, so I'd be curious to explore mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that will work. Because the invasion yeah. part, I think, makes urban fantasy interesting, because an urban fantasy usually is restricted to some literally urban space that's limited in scope, you know? Mm-hmm. In my mind, urban fantasy isn't just about, like, the city necessarily, but also, like, there is, it has a lot of themes of this is a modern day setting mm-hmm. and there is a hidden world that is kind of underneath it. You know, like think you're Buffy the Vampire Slayers, your Harry Dresdens, your Supernaturals, you know, like mm-hmm. that's what I think of when I think of urban fantasy. There's also a series that I had a friend recommend to me called The Iron Druid, but I have not actually read mm-hmm. that yet. So I can't comment on whether or not that's good. Yeah, I, th- I think... Um... The reason why I think the, the, the theme, is it that we rolled a theme? The, the theme invasion. was invasion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, it's a direct opposition to what urban fantasy is, which is cool, because then we have to make them work together. What do you what do you mean by that? Because I can see a, a bunch of invasion stories or themes that work within urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, thematically, right? So in urban fantasy, when I, again, I mean, it's in a local space. So whether mm-hmm. it's a city or some closed off space, and it's usually the story takes place in the confines of that. And it's in a certain time mm. period, like a modern time period. And it, the, the, what invasion says to me is like, this is something external to that space. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're interfacing these two concepts, which would be, which is, I think what we need, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the obvious thing that we can go with is the fantastical is invading the mundane. Right. So I would, I would actually like to try and avoid that if possible. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's everyone's go-to. It's like, oh no, the fantasy world and the yeah, it's reality like a literal are, take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, like no, mm-hmm. let's let's go a little bit deeper. Let's think a little bit more thematically. I think it'll be nice if there's like a way of thinking or a cultural practice that's invaded by something else. You know? Yeah, I think I think that's a more interesting. Like it can be something like. Uh, you know, the British invasion, you know, like of, mm-hmm. of the 1960s, you know, where it's a cultural shift. 
Uh, yeah, but but I think like something like that would be interesting to kind of explore in like maybe it's a cultural sense. Maybe there's something that's shifting within the culture or something that's changing in the world. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I, I do like the idea of it being like a more cultural or technological thing. Like if um, if I don't know. Um, some sort of travel was just invented that allowed for a lot of rapid transit back and forth between different cultures that hadn't interacted before. And now all of a sudden you have all of these sort of new types of people showing up and like, quote unquote, invading your space. Like, how does that sort of interfere with the day-to-day activities of people? So that I think is really interesting is that there could be like, a specific place or rapid transit system that Mm -hmm. for the briefest of moments, those two parallel worlds converge. Mm -hmm. And so it's suddenly like, it's not just, you know, it's a matter of you're sitting next to something that you've never seen before, never experienced, even though it's always been there. Or alternatively, while you're within that kind of rapid transit system that you're suggesting, Courtney, is maybe that's where things merge. And so there's an invasion both ways where the mundane is like merging with the fantastical and Mm -hmm. the fantastical is merging with the mundane and they're both taking and leaving parts of each other in both directions. So I I know that we just did the the mystery one for the cults, but I also feel like this could be a really cool like detective, like train murder type mystery. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that could be really fun. I, I, I think that's that's certainly possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. we could kick this up a notch, um, but to t- by making it totally fantastical and making the um, mm. the what you're, what you're saying the confluence of A to B um, be something external to that. So by that I mean, what if what if you've got like like the train? I like the transit system. I like the train. I like the detective yeah. mystery possibility. Mm-hmm. Suppose that the cityscape or whatever the the place is that things are coming to and fro is actually like. A world of the dead and we've got um ghosts coming in and out from different afterlives mm-hmm. and so the detective is not trying to figure out like a murder or something traditional but something like how someone's death came about or where they need to go or something having to do with the afterlife mm-hmm. hmm. so uh, because i've been reading the harry dresden novels i would like to try and stay away from a detective if possible can we can we kind of do something a little bit different and make it like Maybe it's a CSI person or something like that. So <laughs> that would be a, yeah, you get like a different viewpoint of the crime mm. scenes and stuff. Because I'm like trying that. to think like metaphysical investigation rather yes. than literal. Yeah. Yeah. What we could also do, by the way, if we want to take the CSI angle, I love the idea that the CSI person is a necromancer and is able to mm-hmm. speak to the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've actually yeah. been watching um, Pushing Daisies recently. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, it just I, I heard that was good. Yeah, I'm it's so it's very like whimsical and cute mm-hmm. and romantic, but yeah, it's very sweet and and yeah, the premise is the the main character has an ability where he can touch something that's died and mm-hmm. basically communicate with it for a, a limited amount of time. Mm. Um, so he but can't touch he can, her, right? I remember they're not allowed to touch each other. Yeah, so it's like he basically like resurrects a childhood sweetheart. And mm-hmm. but if he touches her again, she'll like actually die. So yeah, that's a yeah. one-time touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of dental dam stuff happening. <laughs> guess, oh, yeah, yeah. there's like ceram wrap. There is stuff. Sir, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that they went to that logical conclusion. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but but yeah. Okay. So let's let's kind of take that then, and maybe it's maybe we can divorce them from like a police power structure in general, mm. 
and have them just be a necromancer who speaks to the dead. Maybe they're like an investigative reporter who has this ability. Or, uh, oh, I like investigative cool. reporter. Yeah. yeah. Because, like because then you're literally trying to dig up the dirt in order to get mm-hmm. the scoop. Which means that you're like literally digging up dirt to get to the bodies and get their <laughs> uh, side of the story, you know. <laughs> Do we have any interest in a planescape esque kind of like this is a metaphysical landscape, like this is already a place of the dead, or do we want it to be we're alive and we're talking about the dead? I I like the idea of like a mirror world of some kind. I think that that's a popular trope for a reason, and I think that like the idea that the crossover is on Courtney's rapid transit system is fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fun kind of mystery to solve or, or, you know, like kind of um, conceit to the setting. So then where, what are the two places we're coming and going from? Cause I like the idea of there's people passing through, like this is a, maybe a transit city or transit space. Um, are they passing from another realm or another form of life? Or cause you said to me, if they're speaking to the dead, then that means people are alive. Right. (laughs) Right. But but maybe that's like kind of separate from the invasion angle that we're kind of getting at. Maybe that's just like we've figured out that is what the protagonist or the hero that we're focusing on can do and does. Okay. Okay. What if the invasion is is like transit, but it's transit in the afterlife. Right. So you've got this reporter who can speak to the dead and they see all these vagrants and travelers coming into their city, but they're seeing them not in the living, but in the dead. And so the, the idea is that she has, she, I'm picturing a sheep or something. She has to like mm-hmm. do all these investigative like reportery work, but the people she's talking with are ghosts that are entering the city or undead who are entering the city. So the, the rest of the mundane urban fantasy, urban world, like they don't see these travelers. It's business yes. as usual mm-hmm. but yeah. for her and whoever she's connected to, they're actually investigating this influx of dead travelers, dead tourism. I love that idea. Yeah. And I, I, I have an idea that I kind of want to go with. So when mm-hmm. you say rapid transit, everyone thinks like a train or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Maybe she just goes to bus stops or bus malls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like people, people in death are waiting for the death mm-hmm. bus to come and drive them to the afterworld. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. how boring and mundane, slow, yeah. like that yeah. whole process. Is. It could be like death, like me, kind of a uh, dry sense of humor. Have you guys seen that show? No, I've I've heard of it. I've not. Seen oh, I, it, no. this is like so dead like me. They're grim. Mm-hmm. The characters are grim reapers mm-hmm. um, who interact in the world of living, usher people over to the dead. So they have scenes like that where they someone just dies and they have to like say, "All right, you're dead. Here's the deal," and they carry you over to the afterlife. Oh, that's also, like the good place. Yeah, yeah. I'm also picturing like the waiting room scenes in Beetlejuice. Yes, where they're mm-hmm. just kind of like yes. sitting there doing. And there's like these weird creatures, but they're all just kind of like, well gotta wait for the next like 100 years to get yeah. right get my appointment yeah and, and i think that like the investigative reporter has an, a fairly easy job because it's like mm-hmm. look i'm here for the next you know 75 years i've got to kill the time somehow yeah i'll tell <laughs> you my whole life story that's right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then of course you can have like the character who it's like i've never been able to talk to this one person They've got a reputation. And then it's like three or four books into the series. They finally get to know what their deal is, you know, like uh-huh. that type of thing. They're, that's I, I just wanted to toss that in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and because Courtney, you talked about a mystery, right? And investigative reporters, that's what they're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most either she's trying to figure out why there's a sudden influx of dead or maybe that's normal in the city. Or she's trying to find something among the dead, which would be drive her as her character, you know, to, to 
into action. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and not only that, we could uh, we could really go in any direction when it comes mm-hmm. to stuff like that, right? Where we can make it a political thriller if we really yeah. wanted to. You know, I was where that too. yeah, there, there's a bunch of actually. You know what? If we roll the twist, that might tell us what direction mm. we might want to go with in terms of the story. So let's roll the twist and see what happens. I'm trying to think. There's this book called Illuminatus, I think, which had this concept where some you could see special encoded messages in tabloids, like every other word of people <laughs> was called. And it's huh. just reminding me of that. Mm. All right. So our twist for this setting, this has all happened before. Hmm. I mean, it seems to me if it's the influx of people, maybe this is a, this has happened before the sudden influx, like this overflow of dead. You know, you know, you say overflow, Daniel. I think mm-hmm. I have an idea. Maybe the invasion isn't an invasion. Maybe death has just the death bus has just stopped coming for some reason. Yeah. And so there's it's like a, it's a pileup. Yeah, exactly. It's like. <laughs> It's as something as like there's a traffic jam in hell uh-huh. or heaven or whatever in the <laughs> yeah. afterlife. And then it's like, okay, well, there's all these dead piling up. What's uh-huh. happening? The city is starting to go crazy. You know, like that oh, type oh of my thing. gosh. That means what? So I'm thinking that this reporter girl, she, ever since she was young, she could see the dead. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. she's noticing this happening. So that's why it's it's spurring her to action. She's like, why are there like 37 people at the bus today? Yeah. Normally it's just one ghost. Mm-hmm. And I talked to them when I was a little kid. I would talk to them when I get on the bus. Now it's like 37. I'm 30 years old. And it's just, this is, I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really, and then maybe it can be like a bad omen or something like that. Because mm-hmm. like the last time I saw this, like my parents died or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You can make it have the Because she's really seen it before. Personal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like. Oh. Or, or if we really wanted to go like kind of cheesy with it, it's like the last time this happened, it was nine eleven or some dumb. Oh, or something. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, and it could you could take it in in dark directions too, like to, to your nine eleven point. The last time she saw that was just prior to nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. It could like, presage you know the future. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like yeah, yeah. That's, that's oh, a disaster is going to happen in the city. That's not that's why idea. she's seeing so many dead. And yes. The dead she sees the the people. Who, oh, this is one alternate history tangent like the dead she sees are people that are soon to die and so mm. the massive influx of dead in the city for her means oh boy a lot of people are going to die soon yes tangent of course that's like no no no, no that's concept. that's good i, I like that mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot that we can do with that also the twist is so easy it's like wow i know that was yeah. like oh yeah. fucking nailed it no problem with this be a fun no- i think it's gonna be a fun novel to write because yes. you already have a character, you know, and a very simple concept, you know. And not only that, you could easily run something like this in, like, say, City of Mist or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. where you know, if if it's a premonition, then that's mm-hmm. a really great that's story cool. to tell as well. But if it's not, you can go in an entirely different direction with mm-hmm. it as yeah. well. Where, like we said, it could be a political thriller. You know, right. it could be something like could be off Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of oh, series. You know, oh, mm-hmm. it could totally be a Buffy the Vampire Slayer series for yeah. sure. Um, I'm picturing the the bus drivers to the afterlife like going on strike for better wages. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's like great. Just dispute. like a very mundane, like yeah, you know, we're just we're just striking for uh-huh. workers' rights. <laughs> that has that has Terry Pratchett vibes to it, yeah. I think. But yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not against that. Let's I mean, the that. closest thing to the future dead sort of thing is um, the Mothman prophecies. You know, similar to that. Yeah, where he's like mm-hmm. a harbinger of doom. Right. And so that yeah. there's a disaster that's going to happen. That's what they're seeing. You know? mm. See, I've been trying not to bring up, um, oh, what's it called? Our younger listeners will never remember a time where paper newspapers were a thing. Um, but 
do you guys know there was an old TV show? I can't remember what it's called. It's like late edition or something like that or early, early edition. That's what it's called uh-huh. where someone, this guy would get tomorrow's newspaper. Oh, like, yeah. like it's like, Oh, you got to go and, you know, change the future if uh-huh. you can, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. like it's that. similar to that. Yeah. You can yeah, play but, with the foresight if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really trying not to have it be a early edition because that show is not great from what I remember. I mean, it could be that she didn't really realize because maybe it's maybe these ghosts. Here's a way you could make that work. Like maybe these ghosts, when she talks to them, they don't necessarily remember everything about their life. Yeah, they just yeah. know the mm-hmm. routines. They don't know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. So all of her life, she never really understood that these are not people that are that are dead currently, but they're going to die. And so as she gets older, becomes a reporter and learns how to really correlate information mm-hmm. and figure out stories, she's starting to realize, oh, this particular person, I pinpointed who that actually person is, and they're alive. And that mm-hmm. would be the turning point in the story. Can, then she's I- like, holy crap. Can I be a Hollywood hack real quick? Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She notices when she sees her own body. Oh, oh yes. Oh. oh, I love it. I she just, I just wrote a John Grish- No, I just wrote God a Dan damn. Brown novel. Oh, Let's just God. pack it up, guys. We're yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Close that book. Oh man, yeah. So, so again, that's uh, not so bad though. I like. I would love that yeah. twist in the book. Yeah. That'd be yeah, great. I, no, I, I know, but it's like I feel like a hack saying it's that. obvious. <laughs> like, it's beautiful. Like I didn't think uh, about it. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, you'll see my bestseller on the shelves within a year. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, guys, I think we're at the point. I think that's good. I think I think mm-hmm. that those two worlds, even we, we got different flavorings of fantasy, but very different flavorings yeah. of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, the other one's a little darker. Yeah. 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 The first one's definitely a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. This one could be fun, I think. Yeah, it could be written in a lighthearted sort of way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah 100%. I, I just started playing um, Paradise Killer on my computer, and it's like a oh. very, it's it, like a mystery detective thing, except it's extremely anime, and I can oh, God. picture it. <laughs> it's just like very, very weird and overblown, and the world building is nuts. I yeah, you already it. said anime. I don't know what to, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anime is like an unfettered um, smorgasbord at, um, in a Florida uh, uh, restaurant. It's kind of the id of like genre, you know, yes. like where it's yeah. like, oh, you want to do that? Crank it up. Like just like, <laughs> it's like the id on methamphetamines is what yeah. it is yeah. you know, a lot of the time. And like some people huh. are there for it. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people aren't. And, and mind you, like we're, before we get like letters and stuff, like not all anime is like that, no. obviously. No, mm-hmm. just a lot. Of but it. yeah, a lot of it is <laughs> over the top and that's totally fine. You know, like that's that's kind of what most people are there for. Not everyone's going to watch, you know, like sing yesterday for me or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's not what people are normally there for. They're there for punch ghosts. They're there for rubber pirates. That's what they're really into anime for. But that's that's whatever you know i'm i I love anime too well i okay all those diatribes aside this the the jam session another success i always love doing the jam sessions with you guys uh and that'll do it for this week's episode of world build with us remember that if you want to submit your own world if you're sick of us jamming out you can always go to our website worldbuildwithus.com and click on the submit world link where you can tell us what kind of world do you want us to build and we will do it for you on the air uh, if you just want to follow us on Twitter and the socials, you can go to at let's world build. Uh, you can also come join our discord and chat with us on a fairly live, uh, frequency. Or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon 
and give us money uh, for how cool we are. If we're the coolest and the strongest, give us money. Uh, <laughs> remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together until next week.